Welcome to the Lost Tapes of History podcast. You're about to eavesdrop on the first few minutes of a private conversation between one of England's monarchs and, frankly, someone just trying to do their job. The date is February 1909. Edward has returned from Berlin, where he briefly lost consciousness. His advisers want him to have a health MOT in the hope that it will scare him into being healthier. Yeah, like that's going to happen. Come in, come in, your majesty. Do take a seat where you can. Oof. Watch out. Hmm. My name is Dr. Wood. This is a waste of time. I'll tell you that now, my good woman. I'm fully aware that you don't see the value in our meeting, your majesty. Call me Bertie. Never could stand on ceremony with ladies. Thank you, your ma... Bertie, I was going to say that I know about your reservations in meeting with me, but I do appreciate your time for what it's worth. Do I have Sir James Reed uh, to thank for all this fuss? Your doctor is worried about your little stroke in Berlin. Yes, yes. Let's just get on. Right. I just want to go through some details first. What age will you be next birthday? Sixty-nine in November. Are you winking or are you having another stroke? I was winking, young lady. I'm old enough to be your daughter. But you aren't. That's the point. Any concerns about reaching seventy? Do you feel as though your body is changing? I am not old in my head. It is only when I look in the mirror. Oh, I have to go up a flight of stairs. What's your eyesight like? Who said that? Uh, Please be serious, Bertie. I can't help otherwise. (laughs) My eyesight is fine. Do you smoke? Yes. Cigarettes and cigars. For how long? Since I was 19, I got permission from my father. So your parents approved? My mother detested it. She ordered the conservatory to be locked so I couldn't sneak out for a cigar. How many a week? About 20 Egyptian cigarettes and 12 cigars. That's not too bad. Oh, did you say week? Sorry, that's every day. Alcohol? Very kind. I shall have a glass of sherry if you have one. I meant, how much do you drink of it? Not much. I tend to stick to champagne. Occasionally I'll have a glass of port. Do you ever go without drinking alcohol? Yes. How often? When I sleep. (laughs) What about your diet? What's a typical meal like? Or on a Sunday, for example, when you're at home? I have created the most marvellous meal for a Sunday. I dread to think. All of my favourite things. Roast beef with horseradish sauce, roast potatoes and Yorkshire puddings. I'd have it every day if I could. I'd rather you didn't. 
Mind you, tea at Sandringham is rather scrummy too. Poached eggs, petit four, preserved ginger, shortcake, scones. Sugar, sugar, sugar. Food that can be eaten without chewing. Just swallowing. You're not a snake. Do you know your waist measurement? No idea. Who would know? Your tailor? Well, if he does, he ignores it. My damn waistcoats never fit properly. Have to leave the last button undone. Oh, it's in your notes. It says here, your waist measured 29 inches when you were at university. It was 39 inches in 1876 and 46 inches in 1905. If you say so, dear lady. Your waist is now 48 inches, the same as your chest. <coughs> That's what happens when you can't be bothered to masticate. How dare you, madam? I don't think it's appropriate to speak of my... Uh... Masticate! Chewing! Oh, I see. When was the first time you were seriously unwell? Had a touch of typhoid fever at 30. Nearly killed me, bloody Scarborough. What a birthday that was. Symptoms? Headache, vomiting, fever, delirium. No treatment, of course, just observation. I have your doctor's observation notes here. Mind wanders constantly. His raving became a bit candid. Sounds fruity. Apparently, you believed you were already king. Did I? Yes. You decreed that all gentlemen must wear tights because you were very particular about dress. You insisted they kneel down and give you glasses of water. Sounds perfectly sane to me. Then you thought you were in an American hotel. Your poor wife was desperate to sit by your side, but your doctor said it would distress you. She had to crawl in and out of your room on her hands and knees. She never got down on her knees for me before. Moving on. It says here it left you with a bad leg, which you've had trouble with ever since. Might be a narrowing of the veins? I've had countless problems with my legs and feet. Have you ever suffered from phlebitis? Um... Swelling of the veins behind the knees. Oh, yes. Made me give up dancing. I said I'm getting too old and too fat for these amusements. Voice of sanity at last. Then I had to cancel my trip to the south of France because of, uh... What was it? Gouty muscular rheumatism. Okay. In 1898, I fell down the stairs and fractured my kneecap. Took three months to heal. Uh-huh. In 1902, I ruptured my Achilles tendon. Hmm. Then I tore it again in 1905 when I fell down a rabbit hole. Right. Thank you, Alice in Wonderland. I think I've got the full picture now. I had an abscess in 1876. Is that of interest? I have some notes about that. You were given laughing gas so the surgeons could operate, but it made you physically violent. You fell off the sofa, rolling around all over the floor with them, apparently. Huh. 
Sounds fun. When you came to, you had no idea where you were. They had to strap you down and start all over again. People would pay good money for that kind of experience. Uh, I had a strong constitution in those days. Lots of vitality and energy. Had too much to do, you see. Couldn't sit about being ill all day. Yes. That's your attitude towards ill health, isn't it? Been talking to Sir Francis Laking, eh? Your physician? Yes. He's been kind enough to send over his notes. Particularly on the appendicitis that postponed your coronation. That was Laking and that other fool doctor. What was his name? Uh, Treves. That's it. My God, they were stubborn. According to this, you'd had substantial stomach pain for a few days, but refused to see a surgeon. Had the coronation coming up, couldn't put it off. So Laking sat by your bedside, silently staring at you, refused to move until you agreed to see someone. My God, that man had a stare that could frighten Medusa. Treves told you it was an abdominal abscess that could cause death by blood poisoning unless you had an immediate operation. I said I will go to the Abbey on Thursday if I die there. And what did Treves say? He said, if your majesty does go on Thursday to the Abbey, in all human probability, you would die there. <laughs> Have to admit, he had me there. You had obstructive apnea under the anaesthetic. What's that when it's at home? Your airway was cut off. Your face started to go black. Dear God, I didn't know that. Why didn't they tell me? It was a radical operation. I suspect they were more concerned about draining a pint of pus from the abscess through four and a half inches of stomach fat. Ugh, don't tell me. Sounds like peritiflitis, an inflammation of the area around the appendix. You're putting me off my future dinner. And what happened the day afterwards? How did you start your health resolution? You sat up in bed and smoked a cigar. Quite right, too. I was celebrating being alive. I'll be honest with you, Bertie. It doesn't look good as a long-term health diagnosis. You're grossly overweight and your diet is terrible. Far too much meat. Well, how do you know what I eat? You ordered 2,500 quails for your coronation banquet. They weren't all for me. What time do you eat lunch? Half past two. And dinner? Nine o'clock. Right. I'm concerned about that. Oh, it's okay. I also eat tea between those two times. I don't go hungry. Now I know why they call you Tum Tum. Pardon? What's this I hear about a chef creating a special dish for you? Which one? There's more than one? The one named after me is called Poulard Edward VII. And what's that? Chicken stuffed with foie gras and truffles, served with curry sauce. I was with you until curry sauce. And the other one? 
frog's thighs served cold in jelly made from cream, moselle wine, and paprika. And what's that called? Thighs of the dawn nymph. Sounds disgusting. And meat again. What else do you want to know? I insist on even numbers of asparagus. Odd numbers bring bad luck. I like aubergine chips and peaches. Not together, obviously. It says here, two years ago, you were diagnosed with a form of skin cancer on your face. It had to be treated with radium. That was just plain bad luck. Skin cancer, particularly on the face, is caused by too much sun. If you are regularly in hot countries for your engagements, it would benefit you to keep out of the sun as much as possible. Stuff and nonsense. It also says you're suffering more and more frequently from bouts of bronchitis. You're taking herion sprays for your coughing and you need an oxygen tank to help you breathe. Perhaps. It's exacerbated by smoking. Smoking makes bronchitis worse. Poppycock. Mind you, this is the man who, when the members of White's Club voted against smoking in the drawing room, cancelled his membership. Correct. I set up my own club. The Marlborough, where you can smoke in every room except the dining room. I do find it strange, Bertie, that a lot of hospitals around the world are named after you. Someone who spends as little time as possible with health professionals, or looking after his health. Medicine interests me. Snap! I was president of St. Bart's and St. Guy's. I gave the opening address at the 1881 International Medical Congress. Was patron of the Imperial Cancer Research Fund. That's very worthwhile, but... I'm a keen fundraiser for the London Hospital in Whitechapel. I launched the Prince of Wales Hospital Fund. It raised £227,000 in its first year. Are you going to buy yourself out of this? <sighs> I don't want to go on as long as my mother. Here one minute, gone the next. That's how I should like to go. It's highly likely that's exactly how it will go. You'll probably have more collapsing episodes like the one in Berlin. <coughs> You'll continue to have bronchitis, which will leave you unable to breathe properly. You may even have small heart attacks towards the end. But I go to the spa at Marienbad. I diet, take the water, go for walks, have massages. It's so dull. You need to slow down. I shall not give in. I shall go on and I shall work to the end. Even if it means the end comes soon. It is my duty, madame. As king. I suggest you put your feet up. Try and take it a bit easier in the run-up to 70. More lying down, eh? That sounds like fun. Sir, I've seen your sex chair. You don't even do that lying down.
Next time, it's George V and MI5. Don't tell them anything. The Lost Tapes of History podcast is a Synth 79 production. If you've enjoyed it, please leave us a review and subscribe to get more episodes. To fact check what you've heard on this monarch, visit our website losttapesofhistory.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at Synth79P and use the hashtag Lost Tapes of History.